David, although it's done upon scripture, is more than Bible reading. Meditation is more than Bible reading. You may be saying to me, well, Jesse, I read the Bible every single day. And if I'm honest, I must confess, I'm not growing in intimacy or conformity to Christ like I would like. It's what's wrong with that? Listen, we need to read the Bible daily. I'll borrow Jerry Bridges' words. Jerry Bridges said that reading gives you a breadth of scripture. You need to have a breadth of scripture. You should be systematically reading through the word of God, but you also need the depth of scripture. And that depth of scripture comes through meditation. So this is more than Bible reading. We are fed through the reading of the word of God, but meditation, pondering, musing, weighing, asking questions, talking with ourselves about it, carefully examining it is also needed in our spiritual growth. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. And um, it's an exciting topic of the convergence component and all the elements that, um, that are necessary in order to come into convergence. And, and, and meditation is, is so key, the mental, the mental discipline to produce, the mental discipline to produce is, is you know, goes without saying. I mean, uh, as we talked about yesterday in the neuro, in the neural science of it, the, the mind, the mind is, is um, inescapably um, an area which we all have to attack. And, and we know that Satan attacks the mind. Satan attacks, attacks how one thinks. And so we as Christians, we, uh, we that come from a biblical worldview, we, uh, we have to lodge ourselves and attach ourselves to the process of the gospel. What is the process of the gospel, right? You know, what what should we be doing? What should we be saying? You know, yesterday we talked about we talked about the habits, you know, you know, that 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 what are habits, you know, why are habits so necessary? And um they're necessary because they're 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 a they're a there is some total of all that we do and what we believe about ourselves and our purpose. You know, that, that that's very, very that's very simple in in essence. Okay, in its in its in its reading, but it's very difficult. It's very difficult to create habits. You know, some say it takes 21 days, 31 days, you know, whatever, whatever. But what it really takes is is consistency. That if you are consistent in behaviors, if you are consistent in um, those things that are profitable for your life, or understanding your your purpose and your calling, um, then, you know, uh, habits are formed, they're they're embraced, they're developed, they're the new customs, if you will, that need to be embraced. And so today, um, I I pray that uh, you enjoy this podcast as we continue to our next step, um, as we'll be talking about meditation today, and we'll be looking at a system uh, in which the Word of God gives us on how to become successful and how to become all that God has called us to be, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And so uh, that is our goal today in convergence. So yesterday we talked of yesterday we talked about the definition of convergence, which is the state of a quality action. You know, we need quality action in our lives. And that's what 
Convergent does is brings you to the highest form of your quality um, of who you are and what you do and what God's called you to do. It's the highest level for you. It's 100% of your talent, 100% of your knowledge, 100% of your focus, 100% of your competency. And so it's it's important for us to come into Convergence uh, because the the people that are in front of us as ministers, the the church, the, the congregants, they are dependent they are dependent upon us converging and giving them from the flow, giving them ministerial excellence, if you will. And so we have to we have to lock these things in. We have to not play around with them. And uh, from a coaching perspective, you know, we understand drilling. We understand the 10,000 hour rule where you have to do something over 10,000 hours in order to master it, to, to really lock in what we would call muscle memory, reflexes, the proper spiritual spiritual reflexes, the recall of, of knowledge that, that springs action into play proper action into play. And so we, we're going to we're going to continue to move forward with this, uh, this convergence, but we do not, we do not want to neglect this this so key area of convergence of the meditation part, the mind, how one thinks, how one processes, how one produces. You know, there's a there's a great book that was given to uh, given to me uh, to read by uh, Joel Stockstill, a wonderful dear friend of mine, and um, it was called "Why Johnny Can Preach." And this ha- it has to do with the mind and how the mind has been dulled by by pictures and and uh, it's been dulled by YouTube and videos and TV and and uh, how the movie screen has replaced the mind that it no longer has to develop anything any longer and. So so we kind of stopped. We had kind of stopped using the mind for its intent for its intended purposes. And so we use artificial intelligence now. We don't have to think. We let we allow our phones to think for us. You know, it's the replacement of it's the replacement of humanity that's very very um, that's very noticeable and is at stake at as we speak. Okay, as we speak, our artificial intelligence is trying to replace humanity. That those are those are those are podcasts that are coming. Okay, those are podcasts that are coming, and so we're going to we're going to um, really focus in because Satan has really dehabilitated um, many in the church because of the neglect of mind. They've allowed artificial devices to think for them, to lead them, to guide them. And so we need to take that back and we need to put on the mind of Christ. We need to we need to understand that our mind is important. There's a way of thinking. There's a way of approaching things. There's a way of of um, of actually taking action regarding your ministry and your task and 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 whatever you are facing. There's there's a way to do that. And it has and it filters through your mind and your spirit that need to be engaged and need to be fully engaged in whatever task the Lord has given you to do. And so convergence, again, 
as as we rehash just a little bit it's 100 of your knowledge both inherit both knowledge both inherent and learn the things that you know already those those things that that you kind of grew up with within your dna and the things that you're gonna the knowledge you're gonna add to it your skill level you know those natural athletes those those you know that natural singer that natural that person that has a natural ability to speak in front of people but we're going to add to that we're going to add to that natural skill we're going to take courses on on speaking we're going to take courses on on higher academics we're going to take extra lessons on 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 musical instruments or whatever but there are things that we're going to do to enhance our skill level and that's very important to the process of convergence because when you're on the stage you need to have a high skill level when you're in when you're in um in, in competition you need to have high skill level and knowledge level you need to be trained and coached correctly that's what coaches do coaches add knowledge to you you know coaches really really are important pastors and and teachers are very important to one's development okay one you know because because of what they bring to the table. Mentoring is very important because that brings a knowledge base to you. You know, um, the idea of mentoring means that, uh, that when you mentor somebody, you are giving them the knowledge without the pain, okay? That, that's why mentoring is so important and pastoring is so important. Experience is so important to pass on to the next generation because we want them to learn what, what they need to learn without all without the pain the pain and the time loss and and all the and all the uh you know the back roads that they feel that they have to take in order to get things back on track but that's what mentoring does we 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 want to add skill to you we want to give you skillful living skillful life we don't want you to make these mistakes so we give you the lessons and the principles on which to base your life your marriage your 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 endeavors upon that's why mentoring is so important that's why you look at people that have gone through things already and uh, they can give you the life lessons if you take the life lessons you don't have to repeat them and that's what mentoring does mentoring gives you knowledge without the pain knowledge without the pain. That's what preachers should be doing from the pulpit, giving you the word of God, the warnings from the pulpit, the things that God tells you to stay away from. Why are they giving that to you? So you can avoid the pain, the pain. that That's extremely important to wrap your mind around. Okay. So again, the definition of convergence, again, the state of equality action, you know, it will involve the knowledge you have, you were born with intuitively, and then it's the knowledge that you add on to that. It's the skill level that you naturally have, your abilities you naturally have, and all the training to take that skill level to a higher level. And when they all come together at one place, at one time, you're unstoppable. When everything you you do begins to succeed, it's because you're at 100% of your talent level, you're at 100% of your knowledge level, you're at 100% of your focus, and also 100% of your competence. So again, just make sure that you that you don't try to skip over this because they, they are all they are all uh, interlinked. 
They are all uh, 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 locked in together uh, regarding getting into a flow or converging. That means everything coming together. So that's why we have to get our stuff together. That's why we, we have to let, live lives that are drama free and and without all kinds of noise so we can have clarity in whatever we are doing. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look, we're going to look at some habits. Because yesterday we left off the the um the podcast talking about habits, you know, about why habits are important and what happens with habits. You know, habits are settled regular tendencies or practices, especially the one that is hard to give up. You know, you've been doing it so long, uh, you know, that it's just part of you. It's a habit. You know, there's certain habits that we have that are are very good and we need to keep them. And then there are some that we just got, we just got to, we got to change, change those things because they are detriment. They, they are a detriment to your plan and the purpose of God in your life. So you have to really take a good look at the negative, the negative habits. And so with that in mind, okay, uh, we, when we look at habits, you know, some of the, some of the, the uh, synonyms for ha- for a habit is a custom, a practice, a routine, a pattern, a rule. You know, normal. You know, whatever becomes normal to you. Okay, they're, they're Christians that it's normal for them to get in pr- under pressure and they cuss. Okay, it's, it's normal. It's just normal, and they go, "Oops, I'm sorry." No, no, that's 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 a norm for them. Those are habits. A, a tradition become, is, is because you do it over, it becomes traditional for you. Where you go, what you do, what you eat, what you drink, those are habits. And you, if you have to look at them, you have to look at them and pay attention to them because those are big indicators on whether or not you have a, a hole in the pipe of your, of your, of your, um, of your conduit of, of the flow of the blessings of God in your life, the plan of God in your life. We've got to plug the holes. Uh, we have to we have to seal up all the leaks. And so your habits will, will point you directly to why your gift set is leaking, why you don't have the motivation, why you, you hesitate, why you're insecure, why you really don't, why you really don't feel that you're worthy of working in the kingdom of God, or you feel that you're always going to fail or, or something bad's going to happen all the time because it always does. Well, we got to switch that around. And we do that by habits. We do that by taking a good look at our habits. We take a good look at the routines and the patterns. You know, have you ever noticed that, that sometimes you get a, get get going really, really well and all of a sudden somebody shows up and they break your pattern of your routine and all of a sudden you, you lose the momentum of what you were doing? Listen, when God wants to change your life, he'll bring somebody into your life. And when Satan wants to destroy your life, hinder your life, stop your life, slow your life, He'll also bring somebody into your life. You you need to be aware of that. Look at the patterns. Look at the routines. Without without them, you'll never identify whether or not convergence is taking place, is trying to take place, and wants to take place. You'll never get to it if you don't check your habits. If you don't check your, your you know what you're really all about, because your habits your habits are a great indicator. Of how you uh, about what you believe about yourself and your purpose, so you can have contradictory habits. 
Okay, you can't have that. I remember coaching wrestling, and then guys would say that they want to be a state champion, a league champion. They they, they they put all their goals in place. But then you start looking at their behaviors. They don't want to come to practice. They complain at practice. They they don't they don't like they don't like certain things that we're doing in order to get in shape and condition. They don't they don't like those things. You know, they don't like the thing. No, but they want to be a champion. Well, their habits tell you differently. Don't fool yourself when somebody tells you one thing. Look at their habits. Look at their habits. Are they late? You know, if they want to be on the worship team, they want to be they want to be ministers and preachers. How sloppy are they? Those are habits. Those are habits. Okay. There, there's reasons why people are not succeeding. It's habits. Say whatever you want. Color it up. You know. You know. Redefine what sin is. Redefine. Make all the excuses you want. Bottom line is their habits. And you have to kill habits. You have to you have to betray habits, the bad ones. <laughs> we got to embrace the new ones. We got to we got to do replacement theology when it comes to that. So again, habits. So in the Word of God, we're going to just give you a quick habit. Okay, we're going to give you a quick habit that is given to us in Joshua. Okay, in Joshua, and this is this is um, this is so simple. However, when you look at the task at hand, when Joshua gets, was going to go ahead and take, take over for Moses, when he was going to take that task at hand, take, take the people of God from, from the desert into the, pro, into the literal promised land, you know, we, we, had a, uh, we, we have a daunting task ahead of us. I mean, think about this. You look at Joshua chapter one, you know, you know, it, it, it opens up with a bang. It opens up with, with an eye opener. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Moses, assist, assistant saying, see, Mo, Joshua was Moses' assistant. Joshua was the one that was helping Moses. He was the one that was going to wait on Moses. That that's that that, that Hebrew word sarat is it, it means to contribute to Moses. To it means to undergird Moses. It's the one that was going to wait on him. Says Moses, my servant is, is now dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, and you shall. And you and all these people. In other words, God just put him right in the forefront. He goes, you were with Moses. You saw what Moses did. Now I'm going to give you the formula to get these people from here into the promised land. Moses couldn't get there. Moses had through temper tantrums. Moses, Moses anger got the best of him. And uh, yeah, we, we're not doing that. Moses threw the, t the tablets down. Now we're not doing that. Joshua, tag, you're it. it. It's so funny. He says, you and all this people. Okay, God, God was not happy with these with the murmuring of the children of Israel. Sometimes He gives us gives us assignments with a bunch of rebellious, angry people. Listen to the language I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place, listen, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give to you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river and the river Euphrates, all and all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now watch this. This is important. Now no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. So here you have, here you have this picture of being an assistant. Now you're the CEO. 
Now, if you look at, if you study the life of Joshua, you begin to realize that Joshua was right by Moses and and had a had a heart for the presence of God. He was obedient when Moses told him, "Hey, wait here, I'll be back in forty days." Moses, Joshua didn't leave and leave there and say, "Well, you know, I guess he's not coming. I guess he's you know going to hang out there with God. Is he alive or any?" No, he stood on the mountain. For waiting for Moses to come back just like he was commissioned. See, to to be a to to be part of a convergence, you have to you have to go through the process of converging, which was to show faithfulness when it was not happy, when it's not fun, when it's when that you have to be able to hang in there. You know, you need to tell yourself, hang in there. This all is part of my process. So this is this is a picture. Of, of why Joshua, why Joshua was chosen, because he served Moses. He served Moses with integrity. There was a time where the presence of God came down in the tent, and um, Moses went to go be with the people. But Joshua stayed back, and he and he he just spent time in the presence of God because the glory of God was still in the tent. Moses left to go give a message to the people, but Joshua stayed in the presence of God. Joshua loved. The presence of God. So this discussion, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, wherever you put your soul, the 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 foot of your 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 shoe on. I'm gonna give it to you. What a tremendous, powerful elevation and promotion it happened. But it this was the converging for Joshua. He went from a servant, and all of a sudden he was shot to the top. That's convergence. Everything came together. All his faithfulness, all his servanthood, all everything that 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 um, that God was requiring for process was fulfilled at the right time, at the right place. And Joshua converged into the leader of the children of Israel. Now, when you look at this, this with that backdrop, okay, with this topical idea of convergence in place, you got to look at Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Because God gives him some specific things, okay? And we know, what's the key ingredient to these things? Well, be strong and be very courageous. He says that over and over. Be strong and be very courageous. See, convergence is for the strong and the courageous. Verse 6 tells you that, okay? Strong and courageous, strong and courageous. Tell yourself, write that write that note down, okay? There's no, there's no convergence for cowards because they're too divided within. You have to be committed to your purpose you need to be strong and courageous because you're going to you're going to be tested you're going to be tested and strength and courage are necessary one for force one for fortitude you've got to have force about yourself no i'm not going to back away no i'm not going to i'm not going to leave this place no i'm not going to keep quiet no i'm going to fulfill the call of god in my life this is this is key this is a key ingredient be strong and be very courageous because that's what's necessary to lead people into an experience they can never receive anywhere else this is chapter this is joshua chapter 1 1 through 8 okay so now listen, he tells you, don't look to your left, don't look to your right, that you may prosper wherever you go. See, people that keep their head, got too many, too many um, distractions, look to your left. Everything, you know, everything's a squirrel. They, they, they lose their attention. They, you know, they, they just lose, lose their, their focus. We talked about focus as being part of convergence, your ability to, 
Keep your eye on the prize. The ability to keep your eye on the purpose. That ability. And you can say what you want because people are going to be doing all kinds of things. Oh, you're just going to go home and read again? Oh, you're not going to go party with us? Oh, you're not going to go have a few little drinks with us? Oh, God understands. God wants you to have a good time. Oh, all those little distractions. Are you looking to your right or are you looking to your left? Are you looking to your right or are you looking to your left? Then you're not converging. This duplicity that, that comes into people, we have, we, have to, we have to look at it for what it is. Duplicity. We're looking for integrity, everything becoming one, not everything becoming splintered, having a profane, a profane language, having, having shady, shady activities. All those things are indications that you don't really understand and nor do you really believe that you are called. We have to, we have to get out of this dubious, uh, this dubious lifestyles, the double-mindedness. We have to get out of that because that that that'll destroy that'll destroy you from ever coming into convergence. Satan doesn't even have to worry about you converging because you're so spread out within. Because you keep looking to your left, keep looking to your right instead of looking straight ahead. Look straight ahead, and then you're going to prosper. Your prosperity is your ability is in the ability to look forward. Stay focused. You will be able to see, you will be able to embrace a prosperity you've never seen before. We're all in process. We're all becoming what God's called us to be. We all need to be, we all need to be focused on one thing, the plan and the will of God for our lives. So don't look to your right, don't look to your left. Now watch what he says here. Now we're talking about habits. We're talking about de- developing habits. We're talking about as as the earlier. Uh, the, as the prelude that I used today talked about the, the depth of the Word of God, not just the knowledge of God, but the depth of it, really understanding, really really asking the Word of God questions. We're going to talk about meditation today. Okay, we're going to give you some verses on that. But when you start looking at converging, okay, but, uh, verse 8 starts, starts, and I can't ever get this out of my, you know, this is one of my, one of my, um, my preaching points, this book of the law, and like not any, this, the Bible does not belong on the books next to your philosophical, educational, uh, any of those books. It doesn't belong next to your cookbooks. It doesn't belong anywhere. The word of God, this book, that's why it's called the Holy Bible, because it's hageos, it's other, it's elevated above. It's knowledge is divine. It's knowledge comes from above. There's no comparison to the word of God, none to your Bible. He says this to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Okay. So principle number one, you have to have to, you must have a habit of speaking the word of God, that the word of God will be a rhema to you, that the word of God will be part of your rail, the flow of your tongue. It's that river the word of God should be coming out like rivers from you. And people say, well, I can't remember scripture because you don't read. You don't read the word. I fall asleep. I know we're going to get to all that. I get so tired when I read the word of God. I know. I know. Okay. I know. We're going to, we're going to get to that because you got all the bad habits. You got all the wrong habits. You got all the habits of the culture. You have all the habits of the culture and they're destroying you from converging because you converge, not your call. You converge. Your mind gets right. Your heart gets right. Your body gets right. You converge. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Speak the word. That's the first habit. Speak the word. 
when you come out of church, speak about the sermon. Speak about speak about the promises of God. Speak about what you read last night. Speak about it. Because if you just read it and it never gets to the heart level and the mouth level, it, it, it's you're, 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 you're lost. It's not habitual yet. Have a have and set some time aside to read, to read the word, and then speak the word. Read the word, then speak the word. Read the word, then speak the word. Don't wait. Don't don't say, "Well, there's nobody." No, no. Then you talk to yourself about the word. You look yourself in the mirror and you speak to yourself about the word of God. Preach to yourself about what you just read. Okay. So number one, the first habit that you want to do when you read is to begin to speak the word. Once you read the word, you speak the word. You speak the word. Don't I don't care what Furyk said. I don't care what TD Jake said. I don't care. I don't care what all the preachers said. You are talking to the word of God, and the word of God's talking to you. You don't need a preacher to to speak to you. You need God's word to speak to you by reading. Come to your own conclusions. Stop being mouth fed. Start cutting your own meat. Speak the word. Now watch this. Watch this. You shall meditate it on it day and night. How long are you supposed to meditate on what you read? Day and night. Those are bookends. It tells you the word of God needs to be the flavor and the and the taste in your mouth all day long. It, it needs to it needs to be marinated, and that's that that's that word meditate. Okay, that that word meditate uh, re- really lots us into to um, to the idea of, of flavor that we can't get out of our mouth and our mind. It's it's the it's the mental approach to rethinking it over and over and over again. Thinking about it over and over and over again. We're talking about creating habits. We're talking about when I read something, then I begin to speak it. I speak it, and then I begin to think about what I'm speaking. See, the the, the idea of, of, of meditation, meditation is not talking to God. The idea of meditation is asking the questions, pursuing the truth within what you've what you've read. It's the it's the curiosity that that draws you closer to the depths of who God is, to the widths of who God is, to the lengths of how how big He is. Meditation slows everything down so that you can start processing the knowledge of God, the greatest revelations that you can receive. It's when God, when you when you take a word that you can't just get rid of, a taste that you can't just get rid of anymore, it becomes habitual to speak it and then think about it all day long all day long. Don't play with it no more. Don't sit there and think that that you, you know, you got it just because you read it. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the the idea of meditation day and night, day and night. See, some of us allow Satan, Satan's thoughts to mess with us day and night. Condemnation day and night. We wake up with fear. We go to sleep with fear. We wake up with evil thoughts. We go to sleep with evil thoughts. We go to, I mean, we, we're, we're 
We have this day and night in the negative. Now let's start getting day and night in the positive. Let's start getting it in our in what we will call in our purpose. Let's start thinking about the purpose of God's word in our lives, not just to hear it, but to speak it, to speak it, and then think about it, meditate on it day and night, day and night. We have to to start really, really locking ourselves into the habits Okay, so the first habit, once again, that we're gonna we're gonna start uh, locking ourselves into is number one, speaking the word of God, speaking the word of God. People, t- I, I don't know how, how I, I just don't know any scripture because you're not reading it, then you're not speaking it, and then you're not thinking about it. The minute we go into, the minute we get in our cars, we got music on, we got all this noise on, we got to, no, what about, why don't we just discuss the sermon and the scriptures that were used and start our families discussing and dialoguing in the word of God, that we start talking the word of God and then thinking about the word of God on the way home. This will bless your family. This will bless you. These are convergence um, opportunities where we are going to develop strong habits, strong habits, Okay. And I can't stress that enough because when you start looking at the convergence of, of the convergence of Daniel, you look at the convergence of Jesus, you look at the convergence of Paul, they were all embedded in their habits, their customs, their, their traditions, their norms, what was normal to them. We have to get speaking the word and thinking about the word all day. The ability to marinate one's, one's thoughts in what they've heard, to begin to think godly and act godly. No, we, we, we can't get away from we can't get away from meditation. You can't get away from it. You can't get away from speaking the word of God. You know, we're, we we just can't do that. Now watch this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth again, talking about the word, speaking the word, but you shall meditate on it day and night. It's going to be the contemplation of your thoughts. It drives you. What does the Word of God say about all these things? When you read it, it should turn into a language. Your mind should be producing images of biblical proportions. You should be amplifying the Word of God within your mind, in your heart. This is how you converge. You begin to take on a different pattern. You begin to take on a different language. You begin to take this on. You get rid of You get rid of old habits and you take on new habits. You have new routines, new patterns you're setting in place that that identify and are launching you towards your purpose and the plan of God for your life, for your call. Says that meditate on a day and night. That's the again, I can't stress this enough. Those are bookends. Those are the front end of your day and the end of your day. And then everything in the middle should be marinated on the thoughts and the plans of God. You got to get rid of it. Whatever is making you look to your left and to your right, you got to get rid of it. Oh, but I like them so much. They're my friends. They've been, listen, you need to know the difference between a friend and a distraction. You need to know the difference between when you're just trying to be busy and uh, losing and you're losing your focus. You've got to get you got to come into convergence. This is how you come into convergence. It's by reestablishing habits. It's by reestablishing patterns. It's by reestablishing these things. And then it says this, that you may observe to do all that is written within. So again, this is the revelatory. This is the revelatory process of, of, uh, of meditation. 
that you will begin to observe, okay? Observation means that you'll be able to see in your mind. This is this is where this is where you know you have some of the neuroscientists. I mean, you know, uh, have you have you with the imagine imagine yourself this, imagine yourself there. What's that? That's observation. See, they, they think that they're discovering things. No, they're not discovering things. It's all in the Word of God. These are all biblical truths. The power of the mind. You hear, oh, the power of the mind, the power of the mind. Yes, but it's being empowered by the most powerful force in the universe, which is the Word of God. It's the projection of God's thoughts in your life. It's the projection of who you are in your life. It's the projection of your purpose in your life. That's the power of observation and meditation. When you begin to meditate it day and night, you begin to see your future in a brighter light. You begin to see, you observe, you, you, you become aware of a, of a preferable future that's written for you. You begin to see it before it happens. Nothing should shock you because you've been in biblical, theological observation. You know your kids? Your kids don't always listen to you. They watch you. What are they doing? They're observing you. Well, when you think about the Word of God day and night, you are observing the activities and the plans and the purposes of God before they even happen. You have a mind that's able to understand that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You begin to have a mind that is supernaturally motivated, that is that is um, influenced by the divine opposed to the humanistic activities of men. We have a different way of thinking. We begin to come into possibilities. Why? Because we observe. We have observed. We see what the Word of God is telling us. But that only comes through the practice of, or that new habit of speaking, the, reading the Word, speaking the Word, and then obeying because I come into observation. I obey what I've observed. I begin to copy what I've seen in my, the spirit of my mind. I begin to follow those patterns. I hope that's clear as mud for some of us, okay? But we have to get into the right habits. I like what Philippians 3, 1 tells us. Finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it's safe. In other words, to, to preach the to preach things until they become habit, to preach things until that they are become normal, norms to us, to preach things until they become part of us. It's safe for us. That's what that that's what that's what Paul's telling him. Don't worry about, you know, if 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 we're teaching the fundamentals over and over and over. It's safe. Why? Why is it safe? Because if you do things right, if you have good doctrine, if you have good teaching, you don't need the spectacular because it is in the good teaching that the spectacular is observed and you know all things are possible because you have the mind of Christ. Your mind begins to become renewed as you change your habits towards the Word of God. So again, let's just lock this down. Number one, we speak the Word. Number two, we think about it all day and night. We marinate our thoughts. We wrestle with it. We struggle with it. We ask the 
questions. We come into biblical criticisms. I didn't say criticize. I said criticism, meaning asking questions, being the curious George. What does this mean, Lord? What do you, why did you say that to this person, Lord? Is this possible for me today, Lord? Father, why are you showing me this? That's meditation because you get the heavenly expectations in your spirit. So you could think about it all day and all night. Why? Because it brings an observation. It brings a vision. It brings a, it brings the, what we would call the imaging of what God wants to do in your life. You begin to image it. You begin to see it because it's repeatable constantly day in, day out, day in, day out. And you become what you're exposed to. So again, let's not, let's not kick this, kick this, um, kick this one too much harder, but uh, let's move on with med- some meditation scriptures and then we'll close down for today on this because if you don't meditate correctly, think on these things. If you don't think on these things, the Philippians 4, okay? You know, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't get that down right, we don't think on the right things, we'll never create the right habits. All this mental illness, you know, oh, be kind, be kind. No, think on the right things. You can't control your mind. Who's controlling it? If you don't do that, who's doing it? You've allowed the culture. You've allowed the the pharmaceuticals. You've allowed all these, all these, all these cultural issues, all these demonic forces to mess with your mind, with, with your ability to think correctly. And this is why habits are so hard. This is why the opium that drives the mental health issues is so hard to shake. Because you have to wean them off them and create new habits, new patterns of thinking, new ways of doing this. And this is one of them. Listen to Psalms 4.4. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate with your heart on your bed and be still. Selah. In other words, when you are meditating in your bed, when you, when you are having nights that are difficult for you, hey, meditate on God's word. Read the word of God and then think about the word of God replace the evil thoughts with the good thoughts the the situations read the promises of god and then be still the 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 idea of stillness is quiet the noise quiet the noise with the word of god amen think about it think 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 a thinking man is never out of options it's when satan wants to get you to think you have no options then you stop thinking thinking is the power of the mind. That's why observation is so important. Uh, Psalm 63, 6. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Come on. There's so many people that they don't know how, how to, how to go back to sleep. Something's bugging them. They're tossing and turning at night. No, no. What does he say? When I remember you in my bed, huh? That again, everything goes into a theological problem. Think of God. Think of God. When I think about you in the bed in the night out, some people may have problems sleeping. Some people, they get woken up, they don't know why. Well, then meditate on God. Think about Him. Why? Because you are in a process. You're in a process. Psalm 77, 6. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. It, 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 that, that's, the, that's the observation. My, my spirit starts to, to seek out 
What does this mean? What are you saying? God gives some of you dreams. What well, that's the time where you say, Lord, what does this mean? Because you need to come into observation. You need to come into the critical thinking where you're asking, Lord, what does this mean? Why are you showing me this? Why are you showing me this? But this is all part of meditating. Know what you're thinking about. Everything should be driving you towards God and his word. Psalm 77, 12. I will also meditate on all your work and all your and talk about all your deeds. Brag on God. Talk about God. Isn't that part of the, the other principle that we talked about in Joshua 1, 8? Talk about God. Put him in your mouth. Keep him in your mouth. Keep talking about the wonders of his works. Don't back down. Psalms 119, 15, and 16. I will meditate on your precepts. That means his word, his teachings, his doctrine, his doctrine, and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I will not forget your word. Why? Because I meditate. Meditation seals in the details of the scriptures. Meditation seals in the voice of God, what he spoke to us, what he said to us how he said it to us. Meditation, this marinating, this questioning, this regurgitating of spiritual truth, a point, is, it's, it's irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable to convergence because you need the right mind to converge. I've coached many thousands of kids. I tell you, the kids that persevere, the kids that push through, the kids that, that make it to high levels and succeed, those are those are kids that that they 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 have a moment and they and they lock into their fundamental truths, their practices, the many hours that they practice, the many hours that they did that move, the many hours that they they hit that they hit that shot, the many hours that they hit that ball, that that curveball, the many hours that they put in. Now it all makes sense. See, you talk about the Word. You you observe the Word of God taking place in your life. Read the healing scriptures by laying on your hands of the sick. And when all of a sudden somebody is in sick at the church, you all of a sudden, because you've been meditating on it, you begin to see your hands laying hands on sick folks. You begin to see yourself fulfilling the Word of God in your life because it's the mind. It's the mind. It's the ability for the mind to converge and agree with God's word regarding who you are and what your purpose is. So again, God bless you. I pray that you enjoyed this little discussion today on meditate, converging and meditating. You cannot converge if you do not meditate. They're interlinked. They're vital to each other. Think on these things. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.